the Pete Space. I'm Simone Howell with Palette Life Sciences. Remember to subscribe to the Pete Space to be notified whenever there's a new episode. You may listen on Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Palette Life Sciences is dedicated to providing educational resources and fostering peer-to-peer discussions about VUR and pediatric urology. The content of today's episode is solely the opinion of Dr. Timothy Bukowski, Clinical Professor of Urology at the University of North Carolina School of Medicine, and Valerie Welch, Pediatric Nurse Practitioner in Pediatric Urology at Children's Hospital of Richmond. In this episode, Dr. Bukowski and Valerie Welch discuss the fulfilling work of volunteering with the World Pediatric Project to provide care to children in Belize. Well, thank you so much for both being here to talk about your rewards for volunteerism. Both of you have been involved for lots of years with the World Pediatric Project. So I'd like to hear from you about how you became involved and how you got interested in this cause. I started out by being involved in 1999. I had a phone call from a pediatrician in North Carolina who asked if I could help take care of a boy with posterior urethral valves. And I said, sure. And he said, well, the problem is the boy's in Belize. And he had been informed of this by a colleague of his who was helping out in the area. So I I worked it out with one of the pediatricians in Belize who by happenstance had worked at the same children's hospital that I had done my fellowship. And we worked it out that I went down on a weekend and and actually operated on a couple children that weekend. And from there, I kept going down maybe once a year during a weekend until 2004, when the predecessor of World Pediatric Project held a multi-specialty conference on spina bifida. At that time, spina bifida was and still is a problem in the country of Belize. And they were having a multi-specialty pediatric conference on the topic. So since that time, I've been going down with the group of a multi-specialty practitioners to help deal with the spina bifida population. And I met Valerie during that first time. And since then, we've been kind of working together to really take care of not only that population, but most of the pediatric urology patients from a surgical standpoint and also from a bladder health standpoint. Valerie, is that the first time I ever met you? Was it 2004, I think? Yes, I had been invited by one of the urologists, Boyd Winslow, that I worked with that knew Kinlow Nelson, who was involved in World Pediatric Project, which was at that point called International Hospital for Children. And I attended the conference as well. And then after that, you and I got to know each other and started going down with International Hospital for Children, which was the previous name for our World Pediatric Project after that conference in 2004. And that's when I met Tim, and that's when we sort of got involved with all of the kids in Belize. They do not have a pediatric urologist in Belize, so this is care that no one else is able to really deliver to these children. Is it only in Belize, or do you go all over the world? Well, the World Pediatric Project's mission is to take care of children in the Caribbean. They may be expanding it to further venues at this point, but over the last 20 years or so, it's been Caribbean countries only. And I think that's a practical point of view. One of the great aspects of the WPP is that they do try to have consistent missions year to year. And that's actually one of the benefits of working with them. They help fundraise to fund the missions and they provide consistent administrative support for making these missions work. Each country has an in-country host that is partly employed by the World Pediatric Project to help allow for consistency. And that's one of the greatest reasons I like to go down 
down to Belize's because I go down year to year with the same group of folks with Valerie and we have a developmental pediatrician. We have orthotics people, pediatric nephrologists, and pretty much the same pediatric anesthesiologist goes with us. And that really allows us more consistency. We know what to expect. We know each other. We have a good working relationship. And in the between time, they can always call us from Belize with needs and concerns. So there's consistency. And I think that helps the folks all the way around that we can work as a team and allow it to be a year-round endeavor more than just a parachute in and parachute out kind of program. So Valerie, what does a day look like down there and how long do you go down? And give us a little bit more details around that. Well, typically we go down, say we arrive on a Saturday and often have a clinic that afternoon. And then we have a much bigger clinic on Sunday and sometimes on Monday. The in-country group will set up the patients that know we're coming. So we have an entire list, sometimes way ahead of time, of who might be coming to see us. And then we're able to, between Tim and I and anesthesia, go through all of the patients, decide whether they need surgery, whether they need medical care in terms of the nephrologist, or I need to do a fair amount of teaching with the spina bifida population. And then Tim does surgery usually Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and sometimes Friday on this population of children. I frequently will then spend the time when he's in the OR seeing more of the patients doing teaching in intermittent catheterization or medical components of urology for this population. And as Tim said, the nice thing is we have some of these patients that we have known the entire time we've been going down there. Several of our spina bifida patients are now late teenagers, early 20s. Two of the girls have had children since then. But it's the consistency for the patient and the family is another real benefit to the same group going all the time because we get to know each other very well. How long do you stay after surgery, Dr. Bukowski? That is a good question. Usually I'm so busy back home and I don't stick around more than a day or so. I know Valerie will stay with her husband will come down and some of the other folks stay for a little while and enjoy the area a lot more than I've been able to. But I'm looking forward to it now that my kids are out of school and they're out in their own world. Looking forward to trying to enjoy the country a little bit more. We do make a concerted effort to at least have one day together of enjoying something special about Belize. And the nice thing about the country, it is a very cozy community. Our host, Milagro Garel, is integrated very well in the in the community, and she has friends all over the country, so she really takes great care of us when we're down there. I was going to say the other thing about World Pediatric Project is that, of course, they have other missions that go down to all different countries, and in Belize specifically, there's the orthopedic mission goes down about six weeks before we go down, and they'll take care of some of the reconstruction procedures, tendon cord lengthening, so that when we go down, the team will help finish the care of those patients with our, our thyroid guys will take the casts off and make splints for those children, uh, mostly spina bifida, but sometimes cerebral palsy children. Other times, general surgery will go down about six months after we go down. So if I need a patient that needs some kind of care, they can follow up. Or if they need some kind of care, one of their patients, I can usually follow up. So it's really a, a concerted effort that makes this whole teamwork work well. So are you both fluent in Spanish? How does the language barrier work? 
English is the the prime language in Belize, so that also makes it much easier for those of us from the states who are not fluent in Spanish. But the Spanish-speaking population, our in-country help provides interpretation and acts as the go-between with the families that speak either only Spanish, or we have patients that come in that speak Mayan, because this is a Mayan country originally. So that is how we manage to communicate, and it's worked pretty well. Yeah, there's a Mennonite community that speaks Platz Deutsch, a variant of German. So our anesthesiologist enjoys uh, practicing his German with them as well. What are some of the greatest rewards that you've gotten through your volunteerism over all this time? I would say it's a sense of accomplishment, just the aspect that we're able to help the patients that need our help. That's what drives us day to day. Their need is great that they ask us to come back again and again. And you feel not only that you're doing them something for themselves, but of course, every time we go down, we enjoy each other. Valerie, I know you give a lot of your time also on fundraising. Tell us a little bit about that and how you manage giving away all the time that you do to this group. It's something, as Tim said, that you get a tremendous amount of personal satisfaction. You're exposed to an entirely different culture. You learn to appreciate what we have here in the United States in terms of healthcare and how creative you can be in an environment that doesn't provide you with all of the things that you're accustomed to here at home. WPP does several big fundraisers. They have a big silent auction where many of the countries, and this includes many of the Caribbean places that they have other missions going to that will donate time, vacation time, and then they have a big fundraiser event where people can bid on these different vacation sites. And this is both in their Richmond headquarters as well as they have another location in St. Louis, and they do similar things. Throughout the year, they have other types of fundraisers like that. The junior board for the WPP recently had a wine and shop event where they had folks you could come in. One of the big companies donated clothing and you could come in and buy clothes. They have a event in the spring where it's rock and heel, where they have a band come in and people, again, are able to donate money and time to this organization. But they have locations all across the Caribbean, as Tim was saying, and they do different types of missions in the different locations. So it isn't just urology, but I think it's just your own need, desire to give back for all of the things that we have to be able to spend time in some of these volunteer organizations, knowing that otherwise they wouldn't have anybody to take care of them. And it it just gives you a feeling of good and accomplishment that helps with your day-to-day life and certainly is different in many respects from what Tim and I do on a day-to-day basis in our hospitals. So you just feel like you feel good, which is why you do it. From a selfish point of view, you know, and I'm sure Valerie feels the same. These are our patients. So if we don't go down, we feel bad. We're not taking care of our patients. And then, of course, we learn little tricks and little ways to get around problems that we didn't think of when we are in our own high-tech environment. So in the operating room, if we sometimes need to, to work around a problem, it helps keep your creativity and your flexibility. And that adds a lot to our lives in the end. And we've become very good friends with the in-country folks, Milagro Gorel and her two grown children and Candice, who works with us now. And you just 
you miss your friends if you don't get to go down there. And we just had one of the girls who we picked up as a baby come up to Richmond and she's now 16. And we did some reconstructive work and took care of some kidney stones on her that we would not have been able to do in Belize. But I've known her since she was a baby. And it's family. It's people that you really know very well. And you miss them if you don't see them. It must really keep your attitude gracious and thankful for everything that we have here that we take for granted. Absolutely. Yeah. I was going to add that, you know, one of the difficulties, of course, going down is that you do have your own family obligations in in the States. And so that limits time off, really. So we do spend time away from our family. That's why a lot of folks can't go to some of these missions. My wife's been uh, supportive of it, so I'm very thankful for that. Of course, now that my kids are older, one of the boys has come down with us and so that he's helped us with the mission last year. It was really great to see. And we, we end up taking vacation time to do this. This is not a separate type of time off, that, at least for me, that I take from work, but it's vacation time and it means that I really do care about it. I think that's a hard thing for a lot of people to wrap their heads around. So when you think about having to give up your own vacation time for that, what would you say to someone as a reason to consider? It's good for your heart. It makes you feel better. You just feel like it's reasonable when you can do it. And certainly when you have young kids, you can't do it. You have to have a supportive spouse or partner and family in order to, as Tim said, take time away. But it's just sort of something that you decide you want to do. And it's hard to explain to someone else how fulfilling it is personally and how it's a real break from your day-to-day activity, though in many ways you're doing the same things, just an entirely different environment with a different population and folks who have different needs. I was going to say one of the other things is that, you know, life is made of experiences. So vacation is an experience. And so working in a country like Belize on a day-to-day is is a great experience. Those are the things you remember more than some other aspects when you go on vacation. I, I did bring my two boys down a couple of years ago and we went scuba diving. We did our scuba diving certification there and we had a great time together. And then they both kind of helped out with the mission in the first couple of days and then went back to their school. So yeah, building experiences is is really what some of these missions provide. Well, I have to say that listening to the two of you has motivated me to think about some of the activities that I'm doing. What else can I do to give back? Well, anything that you can give them to motivate, to get out there and um, kind of shake things up with the way they're, they're looking at volunteerism. There are so many different volunteer groups throughout the country. Check into their hospital, see who they happen to have an association with, but think about what rewards you personally gain from becoming involved. And I think it's everybody's responsibility on some level to be able to feel like they've been a help to someone in ways other than just your job at work. And you gain historically, we learn all about Belize. You get to see, we've been to see Mayan ruins and things like that on our free day with the team. And it's great team building. We do all kinds of things and that helps you in your day-to-day activities back at home. 
I was going to say one of the most important things about volunteerism is the host that's in the country that helps provide the patients that you are going to be asked to take care of. You are in their country and you are their guest. And so you really need to make sure that you are providing for them what they're asking you to provide in a cheerful way. It's very important. The other thing about volunteer organizations is that it's extremely important that they be a consistent organization that's well-funded, that has a good track record. It's got a good communication with you and with the folks in country so that there's consistency. Yeah, Milagro Guerrilla, their in-country individual who has been working with this group for almost as long as all of us, makes a tremendous difference because the community knows Milagro, and that's how many of the referrals come in because over time they keep an office going even when there aren't teams down there. So they are notified about all of the different types of patients that need the help from WPP. And it is the consistency of her involvement that makes a huge difference in our success as well. And one of the things that helps us be successful is if we cannot provide the care in the country, then we can provide U.S. support for some of those procedures. You know, if the patient has a, a specific surgery that I can't do because I don't have the resources or I don't have the time to follow them up in Belize, they can come to the United States in Richmond where Valerie's partners will help take care of those patients. And so that provides another level of consistency to the care of, of these patients. And World Pediatric Project will actually sponsor them to bring them up? Yes. Along with the host hospital, university, whatever. Yes, they see patients from all over the Caribbean that have specific needs in a variety of specialties that need to be taken care of in the States. They have an awesome program for that, and they have an airline group that will help with that as well so that the tickets are taken care of. And you work out a deal with the hospitals where they will provide pro bono care for these patients that they cannot receive elsewhere. Well, I didn't even know that was going on. That's pretty cool. So that's another great way for someone to participate is if they don't have the time to get away from their family out of country, they can provide care in their own country in the U.S. to help some of these situations where they need support or even just donate money to the volunteer organization is another way to support them. I think in conclusion, it's that everyone has to do what they feel comfortable with. And I know my life would not be as rewarding if I didn't have the time to volunteer for WPP. It's that important to me as an individual. I would say that volunteering initially was, yes, it was a little bit of a struggle just because of taking time away from family. But over the years, it's been more rewarding as I've gone down there. And that's been a, a something you can't predict. I'm always amazed at the resiliency of the patients and the families that we see and the obstacles that they can overcome. I mean, we had one patient that they didn't have a floor. Their house had a dirt floor. They had several children. It was so totally different from anything we would assume were living conditions in this day and age, but that's not unusual down there. They have a wide spectrum of economic status within that country, and we're fortunate to be able to work with all of those patients. 
And don't forget the government allows us to come in from year to year. And they've been a tremendous support of the whole program. And I think that just goes to show how important the program is to the country and also how well the program has been honest and filled the needs that the country has asked us to fill. And Tim has to be careful of the surgeries that are performed because they don't have the same resources. So what we might do in the States is not necessarily what we can do down there. And you have to take the patient's overall safety and concerns into consideration. So it can become more of a challenge to meet the needs in a slightly different way. Thank you both for sharing your lifelong passions towards volunteerism. We appreciate all you're doing to help others. Thanks for joining us this week on the Pete Space. To access more educational content, please visit the Deflux Learning Center at deflux.com and follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Additionally, you can learn more about our company and our products at palettelifesciences.com. Mm-hmm.